listening to the Brotherly Talk Podcast. Keep it real. Hey, what's going on, all you beautiful people? I'm Roy with the Brotherly Talk Podcast, and we we got a we got a different topic today. We're we're stepping away from all the army bullshit that we got, you know, flooding our TikTok page, flooding our Spotify page. We're we're gonna hit something that not a lot of people get to experience just yet, you know. Uh, I know that a lot of our audience is definitely in the younger zone, and I, I got a I got a good friend here who was actually introduced to me from Jimbo and Dennis themselves. Like they they worked with him before I even met him. I met him through gaming before I met him in person, and now we're working at the same uh, place together. His name's Jeremy Manser, and he and I I. I definitely love this man. He's a he's a wonderful man, and he's got a wonderful mustache like me too. And you're about to see that here if you watch the podcast on YouTube. Uh, Jeremy, brother, go ahead and introduce yourself. We wanna we wanna hear about you. We wanna hear about this mustache. Well, Describe it, you know. Well, first and foremost, I want to say uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity. This and uh, of course, I just wanted to say, like I brought it up beforehand, I'm like I said, you know. This podcast needs more than one mustache. It needs more than one beautiful <laughs> mustache. So glad to be here. All right, uh, a little bit about myself. So I, I'm Jeremy. Um, been in the army now for a little over five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, been around a few different places: Fort Bragg, uh, Korea, now Fort Carson. Um, Let's see, I've been with uh, my wife for nine years together now, uh, five of which, or five and a half, uh, being married. Um, got a uh, almost 14-month-old daughter. Um, and yeah, I'm. that's about it. Wait, did you did you say that you were married for five and a half years? Mm-hmm. So you've yep, been I married was, longer than I've been in the Army. I got, yes, I, I was married before I joined the Army. That's um, nuts, met, yeah met my wife in high school and uh you know we dated throughout the like last year of high school went to college uh so was with her through that and then after we had gotten married talked about it and uh I decided to join the army because I was uh wanting to be a cop actually civilian side Mm -hmm. but you have to be 21 to do that and I was uh, 19 at the time Mm -hmm. so I figured screw it I'll join the military and be a cop in the military do my right. time there yeah. and then get out and be a civilian cop and five and a half years or a little over five years later here i am all right well with with all that in mind jeremy thanks for introducing yourself you uh sound just as beautiful as you look you know <laughs> i, w- I <laughs> on wonder... this fucking dollar store headset <laughs> yeah I was talking, what i was trying to tell you before we started this like i wasn't expecting to do this right away yeah my headset when i was in korea i had a mm-hmm. nice like razor headset mm-hmm. Shit, uh, the phone was coming off the ear so Really? temporary stopgap i bought this from the px for like 20 bucks and so did I was you do that to today a... or you, you uh-uh. bought that no, recently that was in korea. okay it was okay. in korea and i wanted i've been wanting to get a new like bluetooth like nice headset mm-hmm. before i did this recording so <laughs> i'm <laughs> no, glad it sounds okay brother you're good yeah it, it sounds it sounds good enough and you know it's something to expect you know if we're going to be pulling you know voice of the little guys right little guys we don't got money so we're not going to be able to afford nice headsets all the time. So if I pull someone on here, like I said, the last podcast, episode five, James Aguilar, Aguilar, I think that was a wonderful podcast that we had with him. He had a lot of good opinions to share, but he did it through his phone. 
and the audio quality was still fine. You actually got a headset on, so that's good too. I'll, I'll give that I mean, to you. I mean, I don't have one of those, you know, nice little stand mics. I bought this on Amazon for about $50. I shit you not. You running it through a Go XLR or is it a USB into computer? A USB into computer, plug it in. Like it, it's a mic, mic, uh, fuck, something compressor that I, I can send you okay. the link. Don't worry about it. I'll send you the link <laughs> if you want to look into something like this, if you like the audio quality. All okay, right. Yeah. But you're, you know, you're sounding beautiful over here. <laughs> <laughs> all right so with all this in mind all right guys the topic of today's conversation it's it's going to be about fatherhood okay so i have a, a year and a half year old daughter her name is annalise and she is absolutely a oh what what is a word that i can use to describe my um my daughter she she's wonderful she's beautiful to me i love her in every way but she is a shit show I guess that's a, a good way to explain it. But Manser, Manser is also, or Jeremy, sorry, I'm going to have to get used to that. Jeremy yeah. is also a father. As he said, his daughter is 14 months old. So the topic of today is going to be fatherhood, you know. So whoever's tuning in listening to us today, you know, this is a great opportunity to listen between two new dads because we're not we're not experts at this shit. We're at the, we're, we're at the very... Okay, we're at like the second stage, okay? I'd say the first stage is all the panic and craziness of having a newborn. And then the second stage is adjusting to a baby going into toddler phases and stuff, okay? So shit's going to get real, real. It's going to get really real. And man, Jeremy, I hope you know I'm going to ask you some questions that's really going to really... It's going to dig into your head and you're, you might cry. I might cry with you. Because this stuff is fatherhood's in it's an emotional topic. It means a lot to every father because kids kids really are worth everything in this world. They're the next step, and everything that you do, if you have a kid, everything that you do, your kid's gonna see that. You gotta it changes it literally changes the chemistry of your mind. I'm I'm pretty sure there's studies. Um, I'm not educated too much in the studies but i i guarantee you there's studies out there that prove that having children literally alters the chemistry of your brain and mm -hmm. it makes you think of it in an entirely different way it makes you a, a different person in almost every single way it's like it's like it's almost indescribable but yeah it's it's like you're yeah. you're um to quote uh um what is it will smith your life gets flipped turned upside down it really does <laughs> it um, does because yeah. like it, your whole life becomes about your kid mm -hmm. um it, it really does affect like um oh, how you dog. go through life yeah <laughs> sorry if i have my dogs ever bark in the background it's okay any little noise in the apartment and they start barking i fucking hate it all right but but yeah it's um it, really like f changes what you focus on in your life mm -hmm. it goes from <clears throat> um being maybe just you or you and your spouse to like okay now my main focus is my kid and yeah. you give like so much of your life is dedicated to your kid at that point like from waking up in the middle of the night to change diapers get a bottle made do all this like your kid becomes the center of your uh, life Quite literally. Well, Jeremy, are you ready for the first mind-bending question that I want to ask you? Go ahead and sling it my way. 
All right, this this one it's really gonna make you think, man. Like I I sat down because this was a this was a topic when I heard it and it like just popped into my mind and I and I thought about you. I was like, out of most of the boys that I know and I hang out with and I'm close with, you're the only other one that shares similarities with me when it comes down to being a father and having a daughter at that, you know. Mm-hmm. And our our daughters are close in age, and that that's it's just something that we can relate on you know so the the question that i want you to do your best to answer okay um what what's something you believe that you won't be able to provide for your daughter what's something that in the future or presently you see as a shortcoming that you might not be able to do what's that fear that's like in your head that you won't be able to do oh I I I I yeah, warned I you, brother. Coming out, coming out yeah, I, coming out strong, brother. I warned you it was gonna happen. I want to know hmm. what makes you uh, makes you really scared about your daughter. You know. All right, and I already have an answer because I've actually thought about something like this before. Um, mm-hmm. My biggest worry is um, in today's age with like the access to the internet, and I know us growing up, we kind of got it a, a little bit, um, yeah. but not as much is um being able to impart my values and my principles onto my daughter yeah because um with the access to the internet being so easy as it is like i'm kind of worried that like um obviously you know i want her to be her own individual person growing up and not just a carbon copy of me or my wife but you know i'd like to be able to like distill my values to my daughter but her growing up and especially once she gets closer to her teenage years with the easy availability internet i'm worried that you know just it might really skew the way she thinks and looks at the world Mm -hmm. um because i could definitely see that being an issue with um kids growing up in the current generation right now yeah like um because i've seen i've seen some like pretty heinous stuff on the internet uh growing up like i remember old days of reddit like I accidentally coming across like beheading videos and stuff like that, just wild stuff on the internet. And so, yeah. um, but it's even easier to access like crazy shit on the internet now. So that's kind of my biggest worry is just, um, her growing up in, uh, with such easy access to just n- probably some unsavory stuff on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. plus another thing too, is it's a lot easier for predators to like, um, get stuff from your kids yeah um which i don't want to get into specifics obviously but like Mm -hmm. unsavory stuff from your kids just because it's easier for them to get into contact with kids these days because of the internet and the wide availability of um like messaging platforms and like it's so easy like for like a 15 year old kid to get catfished by some 40 year old into sending some unsavory pictures like yes yeah. It's, a, it's a genuine fear that I uh, that I worry about, mm-hmm. and I I that's definitely something that I haven't put as much thought of to you honestly. Uh, I didn't really think of the internet as a factor when I consider something that really worries me about my daughter. Um, a shortcoming that I, I I would feel for myself. It, it does go along with the idea of what you were saying when it comes down to, you know, what you value and stuff, you know, uh, family, family, something that's really big for me. And I really want to be able to 
leave a lasting impression on my daughter and I want her to believe in the same values that I do because I I want to I want to prepare her for the world you know I want to make her strong excuse me and I I would want that same thing with baby number two that's on the way and I know I didn't mention that but my wife's pregnant again and I don't know I don't know what it is yet whatever it is I hope it's a boy but real quick you you, you uh you gonna like wait to find out or are you guys gonna first ultrasound that you can that'll show as soon as we know because as soon as we know i'm gonna use the army to fucking snip my balls if it's a boy i'm <laughs> snipping my balls if it's a girl i'm gonna keep my balls there you know i'm not gonna neuter myself until i get a boy i want a boy i want someone to carry on my legacy right you want a boy a boy for the boys for the... <laughs> yeah but I, I want to make a lasting impression and I want I want to raise her in this world to be someone who's strong, strong willed, have strong opinions and not afraid to do things, you know. I, I don't I don't want her to come up and be a lot a lot of parents want their children's to be kinda of like sheltered, but I don't I, I know it's a shitty thing to say, but in the world we live in today, I kind of want her to be trained to deal with the world and to tackle it head fucking strong. I I want in my in my eyes, the family that I'm creating and what I want them to do when they're older, right? I w I want them to be bigger than me, and I want their children of them to be even bigger than them, and whether that means politically. And, and power. I want them to be influential on in the world. I want them to make an impact that just sets an incredible fucking example of what my family is. And I'm, I'm going to do my best in the life that I'm living now to continue to climb that fucking ladder. So there's something for them to start on and then continue on. So I, I'm scared that my values will get changed because of like you said, the internet, like it's so easily accessible and there's so much stuff that can influence them and change their mind. Cause I saw it when I was growing up, like you said, you know, it did, it probably didn't affect us as much because it's horrible now and it wasn't as horrible back then, but that stuff made me, uh, it changed my political views. It changed a lot of things about me. So I'd say I, one thing too is, I don't know if you feel this, but from growing up, seeing some of the shit that I saw on the internet kind of desensitized me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I know so, it, it's the same way with a lot of kids now these days. Because mm -hmm. I heard bullying's getting worse in schools. Bullying's getting worse. There's so much more communication in between children, and it's just it's kind of weird because there's a disconnect because these children are communicating online, so it's creating things like uh, social separation. You know, these kids aren't being able to socialize in person as much. There's so many. There's just so much that goes into that topic, and we could, we'll, let's put a bookmark in that, okay? And let's 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 try and dive a little bit deeper into another conversation because we could we can go on forever. But I I got more questions for you when it comes down to being a father. So all right. So the so the internet's definitely, um, something that you fear for your child and being raised. It's 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 just not specifically the internet. Just to hit one real quick thing. Yeah. It's also like um the internet and like the school system mm -hmm. um it's kind of the same way like being able to impart our own values like they once they become like the age where they're actually going to school five days a week they're yeah. seeing their teachers more than they see us yeah that's and true. that's just a fact so that also does affect it as well 
So you're saying like the school systems, you believe they're not being impartial with children. They're not, you know, being. Well, I, I just don't the think they should be imparting. Ground. Yeah, I don't think they should be imparting. Like the teachers shouldn't be trying to impart their values onto mm -hmm. the kids. Mm -hmm. And I know that ha they happened with me. Like when I went to college and yeah. when I was like going through school, you know, luckily I just, you know, was headstrong and uh, kept to what my dad taught me. So that's good. That's good. You think you're ready for the next question? Send it. So, uh, what is something that you are going to do differently with your child? Right? What's something that you're going to do differently from the way that you were raised? First and foremost, I already, I already have an answer for this because yeah. I was actually talking with my sister yesterday about this. Okay. Um, is the whoopings. The whoopings. Um, yeah. Are we talking with a stick or a hand, you know, or a belt? Oh, no. My uh, my uh, parents' weapon of choice was the uh, wooden spoon. Oh, yeah, that did not feel good. You you get some you yeah. get some zing behind a wooden spoon. It's a um, it's it, a big ass stick. It, it's a sturdy uh -huh. stick with a fucking. Mm -hmm. It's like a a little shovel, just smacking your ass with all the yeah. force of so your parents' arms. Yeah the tears of like how it's gone. So my dad told me that when he was a kid, my grandfather, the way that he used to whoop my dad would be hit him with the wooden spoon until the spoon broke. That's when the whooping would stop. Okay. All right. Now, when I was a kid, it wasn't like that. It was just one or two whacks with a wooden spoon. Learn my lesson. Usually I wouldn't do the same thing again. Right. Um, but with me and my wife, we've talked about it. It's just like, Maybe a light little whoop, like slap with a hand on the behind, but yeah, I, I don't see a need to like pull out a belt, pull out the switch, pull out a wooden spoon, something like that. Um, and the reason I say I was talking to this yesterday with my sister is uh, apparently, according to my father, when she was talking to him, he never whooped us with a wooden spoon. And I said, bullshit, <laughs> my ass says otherwise. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah, that's that's definitely something I already I already knew like that I was gonna do differently. Um, it's just you know obviously you got a discipline, but not not to that extent. Minimalizing the physicality of it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think right. it was a bad thing either. Like it didn't harm me in any way, shape, or form growing up. In fact, I think that's exactly what I needed growing up. Because like I said, mm -hmm. if I screwed up and my dad whooped me, I didn't do that same thing again. I learned my lesson. Yeah. But I know it's not the way that same way for everybody. So, you know, just obviously first kid, seeing what works. I hey, kind of going with the flow and yeah, being a first time father, I guess. So I, you know, the same feeling too, I guess. So yeah, it's a sensitive topic when you're speaking with the wife because the wife is always. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the wife is always like, we can't lay a finger on her, right? And and we're mm -hmm. thinking to ourselves like. Bro, I, I was in the same situ uh, a similar situation, okay? Like, my dad was fucking brutal when I was growing up. Like, I, I say one thing that pissed him off. Like, my what? ass is beat. Like, I gotta run out the fucking house and hide until he cools down. <laughs> Let him go make another goddamn screwdriver in the garage. And then I could come back inside once he forgets about it or calms down, you know? Like, my dad would fucking, like, I, I had a mouth on me, though. I did. I had such a nasty mouth. Like... I didn't know what, like, I, I was a boy, okay? 
and I would say shit, I'd be like, you're a fucking pussy, fuck you, you know, like, he'd piss me off, and I would, I would fucking let him have it, and then he would show me my place, he'd pin me up against the wall, smack the fuck out of my face, and I'd be like, oh, you're bitch, you know, I'd fucking whine, but I needed that as a kid growing up, you know, I think that really built character to who I am today, because, you know, it showed me that there's people bigger than me, you know, my dad, he's, he's, he's the man of the fucking house, I was just a scrawny little boy, but, you know, there's lessons behind every beating sometimes, and, and, you know, sometimes the beatings are abuse, maybe, or too much, but it's beside the point that there's lessons behind those beatings sometimes, and, and it and does also, build character. Uh, did it toughen you up as well? Oh I know God, it did yeah. for me. I don't know if I'd be able to make it through the Army OSEP program if I hadn't been beat. Like, cause At I, least I was, when we went through. I was, I was a sturdy, I was a sturdy uh, soldier, you know, growing up, uh, coming through OSEP, you know. I was one of those uh, soldiers that, trainees that people would come up to and they'd talk to you and they'd be like, how are you so, like, content? It's like, well, because fucking, I'd look at the drill sergeant like my dad, keep my mouth shut, let take the fucking yelling, if a beating comes, then fucking take it and then move on and try and do better, you know, because I don't want to get beat again. You know, I, I've had situations where it was like that, even though, granted, my drill sergeant at the time, oh, I'll fucking name him again. I think I named him in episode two, maybe. Drill sergeant Richardson was a fucking demon. But, um. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what uh, basic training company did you go to? Bravo Bra 787? Bravo 787. Richardson was my drill sergeant. You know Richardson? Oh, Richardson my was my God. drill sergeant. He's Bro, he fucking was a beast. terrifying, isn't he? He was a beast. He fucking called me princess, oh. that bastard now. Oh my god, dude. I haven't seen him since, but no, dude. He I he left a lasting impact. Mm. But... He hated me, dude. He hated me. And the moment I hit his radar, right? Mm. Yep. Was because there's this really cute girl that I enjoy talking to in basic training. Right. Of course, I'm horny. I'm not fucking anything. It's OSA, dog. Right. You, you I'm not gonna those, name the it. Basic training goggles. Yeah, my 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 basic boo, my battle boo. You know, and yeah. we were going to Chow, and I was like, oh, I want to talk to her on the way back from Chow. Let's do this. I put dryer sheets in my watch, and he found it, and he's like. Who are you trying to be pretty for? And in front of the entire company, he was like, if one person can say, who the fuck, Aubrey, this princess is trying to be pretty for, I'll kick his ass out. And I was scared. I was like, this is it. This is it for me. I'm gone. But not a single fucking person ratted me. Good. Not a single that, person that's... in the entire company ratted me out of who I liked. And they knew it. They knew it. Because this girl was the prettiest and, oh, to me, prettiest in all the fucking basic training stuff. But enough of that. I, I yeah. didn't know that. We'll, we'll, ha we'll have to hit that we'll, topic, too. Yeah, Bravo we'll talk about 787, later. drill star, fucking Justin Richardson, you little... Mm. Bullfrogs ah. for never. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so we hit the topic of what's something you'll do differently from the way you were raised as a kid. And mm -hmm. you, you said you'd reduce the physicality of discipline yep and which i, I could totally understand it because i want to think that same way um but i do want to throw out there another thing right 
when it comes down to physical discipline with your children. Now, it's a lot more stricter today in law enforcement because one smack on the ass could end you up in fucking child protective services, which I think is absolute bullshit. I don't think this should be involved in um, family matters when it comes down to stuff like that. But I, I agree. The, sh- the shitty thing is um, uh, oh, as soon so as a CPS case gets open against you, mm-hmm. it's never closed. Mm-hmm. You will always have that case against you. And so that's that. Yeah, that definitely does like kind of scare me a little bit. And like, that's another reason why I don't want to be as physical with the discipline is because I don't want to run the risk of somehow, like, even if it's just a light spanking on a bottom, somehow, you know, if my daughter says the wrong thing to the wrong person, like, oh, my dad beats me. Like, I gave her one spanking on the bottom and she says, my dad beats me. Well, now I've got a CPS case against me and that's never going away. So yeah. I just, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not risk it because CPS is basically this all powerful government entity that can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, I hear you. That's uh, that terrifies me because I can, I completely believe in physical punishment. Like it, it built the character that I am today. And I think that it has its benefits in certain situations. I'm not saying that everything that my fucking daughter does wrong, I'm going to fucking take a damn axe and beat her ass with it, you know? I'm saying that, like, if she fucks up bad enough to the point where she needs something to remember, I'm going to beat her ass and, like, let her know, like, this pain is in result of you doing something that's stupid like this. And every time you think about doing something shitty as what you just did, you're going to remember this pain and think about if it's worth it or not. And that's the point of physical discipline, right? Another thing too, but like the way boys think compared to the way girls think, I feel like physical punishment definitely is probably a better, better suited towards like boys. Because like it, it'll, it, it'll probably like set in better and be a better response, something that they mm-hmm. will understand immediately as compared to like a girl. So yeah. that's another reason why I'm not going to be like very physical with my daughter when it comes to punishments. Yeah. I, I I definitely I, I agree with that. Boys can take a fucking beating. And nothing against girls, okay? Because that's gonna be like something controversial. Like, oh, so girls can't take a beating? No, y'all can y'all can handle yourselves. I'm just gonna leave it at that, okay? Um, here here's something on a positive note, okay? So I, I hit you with something very emotional in the beginning, and I hit you with something that really thinks about your parents, okay? And it. I mean, the, that question could kind of discredit the parents in a way. Depends on what you say. But the next question is still going to revolve around the parents. All right. So what's a piece of advice, right? Once you became a father, what's a piece of advice that your parents gave you that you took and you're like, oh, shit, this actually works? Ooh, a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back. It wasn't too long ago, but I've had a few too many concussions, you know. Thanks, Army. Um, Go Army, uh, beat Navy. (laughs) Uh, So I know um, my dad, like I like kind of talked to him about it beforehand. You know, I was telling him that I was nervous, um, especially with my situation, which I've told you before. Um, And for the people listening, um, I was in Korea when my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to come home on paternal leave for a month. But then I had to go back to Korea for another eight months. So... I missed out on a lot, um, which does suck, but, you know, I'm making up for that time now. Yeah. Um, but at the time, like I was talking to my dad, I was like real nervous. I'm like, 
um, you know, just about being a first time father, especially with having a daughter. Um, and one thing that he told me was that um, he said, you're just going to just roll with the punches. Um, he said he's not in the military, but, you know, he's been 100 percent supportive of me in my military career. And he's like, you know, things are going to come up where you might have to like i know you go to the field for a week or two weeks here or there blah blah mm-hmm. blah you're gonna be going back to korea just roll yeah. with the punches take everything as it comes um he said you know luckily um the eight months that you'll be gone are right at the beginning yeah where she's not gonna remember too too much so he said um you know just enjoy the time that you have while you're here and try to make the best of it while you're gone and so uh that definitely helped because like i was i was facetiming every day every chance i got sometimes even two times a day um but being almost you know 12 hour difference it definitely really made things difficult with trying to like see my daughter but i definitely think um you know facetiming every day helped but yeah he and he told me too like as a new father like you're not gonna know how to do anything everything's gonna be brand new um so that's why he said yeah just roll the punches and just you'll learn as you go and he said you know i'm always here if you have questions so definitely helps having a helped having a good uh relationship with my parents and hell i even have a really good relationship with my in-laws and my uh, when i was in korea my wife was staying with her parents and my parents lived a mile down the road so i wasn't worried at all about being away because had such a good family structure around my wife to help her not just basically be a single mom for eight months so yeah he uh definitely i talked to my dad more than i talked to my mom Mm -hmm. um so a lot of like the talking about um what to expect definitely came from talking with him i don't know how it was for you though um i'm with you when it comes down to a father figure uh my, my dad was he was really tough on me growing up and I, I wouldn't be, I'm surprised CPS wasn't involved in my relationship with my father when I was growing up as a kid because my dad beat the fuck out of me. All right. And he, and he wasn't afraid to beat the fuck out of my brother. My brother turned out. Um, growing up as a kid, my brother was a little rough coming up. And he still is a little rough, but he, he's made a lot of progress. And I love how my brother has grown. And he's really grown into his own person. And it, it's, it's weird because. I want him to be more like me, and I know he looks up to me, right? Enough of that, though. When it comes down to my my father, I I love him more now, you know? I've grown up. I've learned to forgive. I've learned to move on when it comes down to horrible things that have happened in my past. You know, I have a lot of childhood trauma, and... My dad did contribute to it. He he really did, and he wasn't the greatest father when I was growing up as a kid. But I still learned lessons, and I took those lessons, and I became a better man for it. Um, and now, today, uh, I can't wait until I move back to Florida and get out of the Army because I want my dad to be very much involved with my, my his granddaughter. You know, I want him to be there. I want him to be able to hold her. And, like, hit. my dad's goofy as fuck. He's so goofy, and if that's that, if that's Aren't a testimony, if that's a testimony to anything that I am now from how you know me, 
Like my dad's ten times worse, man. He's so fucking bonkers. And I want him to be around my daughter so he she gets a little bit of that fucking bonkers, that weirdness to her, that quirk, that that personality shift, you know, fucking like take it in. Grand uh grandpa is fucking a weirdo. And I, I want her to know that, but grandpa grandpa has learned a lot. You know, he saw the way I came up. He saw what I did to get out of the situation that I was in. And, like, he, he did. Like, when I, I enlisted in the Army, I graduated OSA, and I did great things. And he took that, and he changed. My dad really did change, and I respect him for it. And it's very admirable. He he became a different man. Like, he knows how to, knows better how to shut up than listen. You know, he was never a listen kind of person, and listen to learn. It took him... 18 years of me growing up through a lot of pain and then me enlisting into the army and realizing how much he misses his sons to grow up in his own way and i respect him a lot for it all right so when it so when it comes out of that right what advice did your parents give you that you took right take the punches and roll with it mm -hmm. all right so keeping that in mind is that the advice that you would give to somebody who's becoming a new father? Is that the same something advice? Very, yeah, something very similar, which is just kind of, you're going to have to wing it as you go. Because mm -hmm. um, no amount of watching videos, reading books, um, asking other parents, like no amount will prepare you for everything that you come across as a new, a new parent, um, <clears throat> especially with your first kid. And that's why, you know, you hear it all the time and it's, I know it's hundred percent true. And it's probably going to be the same way for you. Like everything's going to be so lax and probably easy when you have your second kid. Cause mm -hmm. you kind of know what to expect for the most part, you know what to do. Yeah. But for yeah. the first time, it's like uh, walking into a apartment building that's on fire. You have no clue what the hell is going on. You're just like making, making shit up as you go basically. So yeah, I, I would give some similar advice to like to a new parent, just be like, you just be ready to, uh, just be ready for the unexpected and just the fact that you're going to have to make shit up as you go. <laughs> it really is like that. So what you're saying, all right, hear me out, is that you can prepare the best you can and expect anything you can, but whatever you learn and prepare and expect for, it, it's, it doesn't mean a goddamn thing because the unexpected is going to happen and it's going to throw you the fuck off. You could go to all the parenting classes you want, you know, learn how to change diapers. Mm -hmm. You know, you could, you know, watch videos on like, okay, here's how I do this and this and this. Something is going to come up that you are not prepared for. Mm -hmm. That you cannot prepare for every situation that arises as a new parent. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, I mean, even, and I will say this, even with your second kid, things will happen that didn't happen with your first mm -hmm. that you don't know what to do. And you're still going to be making shit up on the fly. Yep. I'm, or that. like, like once it happens, you're going to be calling your parents like, Hey, did this shit ever happen with me? Like, what do I do? Uh -huh. Like you're going to have no fucking clue. And so, yeah, it's no matter, like obviously prepare. If you go to the new parent classes, you know, you know, read these books on, you know, being a parent, ask people like, Hey, like, what should I prepare for? Stuff like that. It's good to be prepared so that certain situations you kind of have a handle for before they happen, but don't expect it to be easy. If it's easy, great. That's a bonus. Set your bar low. Set the expectations low. 
that way, like, I mean, that's what I did. I set the bar low and thank the Lord. Our daughter is fairly easygoing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's what I'd say. Just be ready for the unexpected and to not know shit. We've hit some great topics, man. We've hit some really good stuff. We've gotten pretty real and we've proven that these simple I want to say simple. These questions aren't really simple. These these topics that we're attempting to discuss. I have to mute my phone now because someone's messaging me. But these topics that we're uh, discussing, they can branch off into so many other things. And this is just, it's not even the tip of the iceberg because fatherhood is more than just an iceberg. It's the whole fucking Arctic. You know, there's just so much that involves it. And every child's different. Everything is different when it comes down to pregnancy and the way people are raised. Just everything about a kid is different from who's raising who. You know, nothing, things can be the same, but they're not. There's always these slightest differences that make everybody individuals and who they are. And, you know, that's just how life goes. All right. So you gave, you answered the question with something that you believe you won't be able to provide, a shortcoming, right? You answered that question. You you told me something that you're going to do differently from the way that you were raised. And then you gave some advice to the new parents. You also gave me, you also told me about advice that your parents gave you that worked out perfectly. So we're coming up on the ending towards our questions that I got for you. But these are just going to, you're just going to keep getting better, you know? You think you're ready for the next one? I'm always ready. All right. So what would what would you give to your child that you were never given as a child? Hmm. Gotcha, bitch. Uh, now, this is no fault of my parents. Yeah. Um you know, it's just we lived the area we lived in, um, mm-hmm. and how much my parents made it. You know, wasn't completely feasible. So I'm, I, I this isn't a dog on my parents at all. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> one thing that I would have liked to have done growing up is um, playing in like select sports, because mm-hmm. um, I always just played for the free like small town sports teams that would play the other towns around us up until I got out of high school and then played for high school. Um, yeah. Growing up, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to play for like more select, like play for select teams, um, to be able to, I'd say, be able to shine and be able to do better at sports. Because, for example, baseball, I was always really gifted at baseball, um, to where I was like one of the best players on the team every year I played, and you know small town didn't have a whole lot of talent we just never won mm-hmm. a whole lot and so i would have yeah. loved to have been able to like actually play for a team where it's like i i know what it's like to win championships every year again not on my parents and so and the ability to play like um whatever sport i wanted to mm-hmm. um i grew up mostly in texas and before that i was living in ohio and I always tell people, because I growing up in Texas, I played baseball and football because that's what everybody plays. Mm-hmm. Had I stayed in Ohio, I would have played hockey. Mm-hmm. My love for that sport is that is my favorite sport. However, the nearest rink was 35, 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. The nearest team was a select team, same 35, 40 minutes away. 
had I lived over by that area and went to a specific high school, I could have played for that school's hockey team. They actually had one. So it's just, you know, the opportunity to be able to play whatever sport I wanted to. So I, that's one thing that I'd love to be able to afford um, the opportunity to my daughter is whether it be sports, um, arts, music, whatever it is, be able to afford her whatever, do whatever she wants to do and be able to provide and give her every opportunity to do anything. Like if she plays sports, let her be able to play select sports. Um, she does music, uh, being able to, you know, provide her with lessons and whatnot. Um, but just being able, I want to make sure that I'm at a point where I can provide for my daughter to be for her to explore and do what she has an interest in. Yeah. And I'm not going to make the the trap of, you know, trying to live through my kids. Um, that to is a, to literally, that is literally my next question. Do you want to continue or do you want to hear the question? Uh, so I'll continue a little bit. Okay. To an extent. Um, so for me, like I said, hockey is my favorite sport. Mm -hmm. As soon as my daughter is walking perfectly fine and has her feet under her, mm -hmm. she's going to be in skates. Oh yeah. She will be, she will be taking uh skating lessons, whether she turn if she keeps with that and turns it into figure skating. Okay. Yeah. If she turns it into ice hockey, no complaints for me. So I, you know, I will kind of push, you know, what sports I like on her, but if she turns out not to like hockey or like skating, I'm not going to force her. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like the idea that like, you know, I want to see her succeed. And uh, you talked about it earlier with um, wanting to make your daughter like tough. Um, yeah. Um, what better sport to teach your kid to be tough than fucking hockey? one of the most physical sports that you could play. So that's kind of one yeah. of the reasons why I want to yeah. do that is because like that'll definitely make her a tough kid. So I, I can agree with that. I, I know that hockey is not a sport that really pops into as many American minds, uh, so, so to speak. Um, I, I want to say that mm. pertains kind of more Depends to on where you live. colder environments, you know? Like I Would said, I when, be I, when more I lived correct? in Ohio... Yeah, because when I went to Ohio, it was it was everybody talked about hockey. Everybody really? played hockey. Okay. When the when our the river behind our house froze, we would put on our skates and go skate on the river. Yeah. So it's just something you do. Every everybody does it. Um. So you know, you grew up in Florida. I grew up the rest of my life in Texas. Mm -hmm. Hockey's just not as big of a thing in the South. It is yeah. like you know, there's big you know people support it. Obviously, like you know, like growing up in Texas is the Dallas Stars. You know, and people who are there and love hockey love hockey, but it's just it really does depend on where you where you grew up. Yeah, I I can get that. Um, I I've only got the experiences I got because I've only ever been to, uh, Florida. From Florida, I traveled to Missouri, and I didn't really get to experience Missouri because I was in OSUT. And then mm -hmm. from Missouri, I got stationed at Fort Carson. I've been at Carson the entire time. Um, which which is unique, especially for a first contractor to spend his entire five year contract at one duty station. Uh, yes. It's fortunate and unique for me. Um, I've also been to Texas. I've been to El Paso. I've been to um, San Antonio, and I've been to Houston. And I've driven fuck through almost every small town on each trip that i went down to those places right um i even have experience where i'm pretty sure people are trying to fucking human traffic me 
at the tip of Texas. Uh, I'll get in that maybe another podcast later on down the road. Um, but the but the topic, right? You 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 literally we're about to get into the last question that I had for you, man. Um, was how do you feel about parents recreating or living their desired life through their kids? And one of the biggest topics that can cover that question would be through like sports, right? So a lot of parents they 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 push their kids into sports and they they're really fucking hard on their children if they like it or they don't like it. They they push their kids to do amazing in these sports and these kids they're they're nervous to like speak against their parents because of how passionate these parents are getting to push their kids to these sports. So how do you feel about and, and, and sports doesn't even have to be the full topic mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. But how do you, how do you feel about parents recreating and living their desired lives through their children? No, yeah, and you're right. It doesn't have to be sports. It could be like somebody who grew up and wanted to be like growing up in Texas. Everybody knows about the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders oh, and yeah. how how hard it is to get in, on the squad and like just the level that you have to be at. So maybe they're you know. The, parent wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader so they force their daughter to go to cheerleading and do all these dance classes and their kid hates it but they force him on anyway I I do not like that um my dad he grew up playing I don't really think he played much football his his sport was baseball yeah he actually walked was a walk-on for the uh Kansas City Royals triple a team um but then he got into a motorcycle accident and fucked up his knee and wasn't able to uh wasn't able to play anymore mm-hmm. but he can after he healed he continued playing like he played in baseball leagues up and down all throughout california he played in uh leagues in mexico so that was his life it was baseball so growing up you know he had me play baseball fortunate enough for him i was good at it and i enjoyed it i loved baseball probably i'd say as far as like favorite sports i'd say probably goes like to play uh hockey football than baseball so lucky enough for him i really did enjoy it it was you know some of the best friends i made growing up were through playing sports um all their all the other parents were coaches in either football or baseball and so like my dad was a coach in football and baseball and it was like every weekend everybody that i played sports with we were getting together and you know our parents were you know getting drunk as shit and we're doing whatever we're doing so yeah. um so i i feel like i was kind of fortunate with that like when i um i injured my arm playing baseball like it's still injured if i uh from playing catcher to where if i throw a baseball even right now as hard as i physically can like doing a throw down to second um i i lose feeling in my arm mm-hmm. um it's due to issues with coaches that i had in high school not so, having like no, you, you were injured at one point in high school maybe um, so the injury, so what it started with was my freshman and sophomore year, my coach, who was the catching coach, yeah. um, he would have me do throwdowns to the second without warming up mm, and, okay. and okay. doing a throwdown, you're fucking slinging that ball as hard as you can. Cause you want to throw out a stealing runner. Yeah. yeah. And so my junior year, like it was getting bad and it was to the point that like any time that I would do a throwdown, I would lose feeling in my arm and get a pins and needles feeling in my fingertips. Yeah. never stopped playing i would just you know play through the pain because i'd get feeling mm-hmm. back in my arm a couple minutes later yeah um however i decided my senior year i'm not gonna play anymore because i'm like if i keep this up 
um, I'm going to do something and end up needing surgery. Yeah. So I told my dad, I was like, Hey, um, I don't want to play baseball anymore. Mm-hmm. I told him like, I hurt my arm. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to play anymore. hundred percent support. If he could have been like, no, you're good. You need to, and try to live his life through me and be like, no, you need to play. Cause I want to see you go play, you know, major ball, major league ball someday since he never, you know, officially made it to play in the majors. And yeah. so, you know, he could, he could have done that, but he didn't. And so I feel like I was fortunate enough growing up like that but I know it's not the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. And there are parents that basically are like, I missed out on an opportunity when I was growing up, I'm going to live my life through my kids and force them to do something cause that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And you see it a lot with like um, Olympic parents. Yeah. Yeah. Like it seems like they're more passionate about it than their kids are growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And it's, and I feel like a lot of it is those are the kind of parents where it's like you you lived through your kid because you didn't because you did, couldn't do it as a you couldn't do it you couldn't make it yeah and I, I don't know I think that's a real shitty thing to do to your kids um I don't I, know how, how do you feel about it I no dude I 100% I definitely agree with you um it, it's it's a real sensitive topic if you if you really think about it because when you have kids the idea of kids in itself is you know raising a kid in in your image you know mm-hmm. when you when you first have the kid your first thought is like oh my god how am i going to raise them and that idea in itself is literally your image in your own brain you know you raise them as far as it takes for them to gain their own independent brain and i think the really tricky part about raising a kid right is when you're when you're raising a child okay um you can only get so far on your own image and 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 then there's a point when your kid breaks off from your image and they start thinking independently and they go their own direction and it's really it i i think that some parents have the innocent idea of oh i want to do this and i could understand Right, because I'm not here to bash parents. I'm I'm not okay. Your kids are your kids. My kids are my kids. Don't fuck with my right. kids, because I'll fuck you up. Right, but some some parents fail to recognize when their kids start thinking independently, and they start thinking of their own ideas and going in their own directions. And it's and it's really important as a parent to. It's important, but it's really hard. Okay, I'm not going to discredit the difficulty it, it takes to actually notice this because you, you've you've gone so long from the stages of newborn, toddler to fucking growing up and maybe like elementary school and even further getting close to that middle school point where everything that you say to that kid is how it goes. But then at some point they're, they're going to gain their own consciousness and they're going to hit that point of reality where like, oh, fuck, I have to start thinking of, excuse me, I'm going to have to start thinking for myself. And as soon as they start thinking for themselves, at that point, you're you're less of a parent. And I don't mean that as a lesser parent. I mean that like you have to start being less of a parent and more of like a counselor. You know, you have to start mm-hmm. guiding them. You know, you have to start being like, hey, why do you want to do this? Okay. 
that's a good reason. How are you going to do it? Instead of, why do you want to do this? What the fuck's wrong with you? No. You start asking different questions. You change from no to how. From how to I support you. From I support you to if that's if that's how you feel, absolutely do it. Chase it. You know, you start trusting. You start giving trust into their own independent decisions. You you give them the benefit of the doubt in your heart. Because I know you're as a parent, you're gonna want to fucking ball up your heart and not allow them to do anything because you don't want them to get hurt. But they have to get hurt sometimes. They have to break a leg, literally, or not literally, you know, they have to go through these stages in their life or else they're not they're not gonna learn the way they need to to develop and become better people when they they hit our young age. Like I'm I'm twenty three years old. I'm young as fuck. And I have a second kid on the way. That's that's nuts to me. Like if I really wrap my head around it, like growing up as a, as a child, like my, my parents and everybody I grew up around were like, oh, if you're 42 years old, have a kid. I'm like, motherfucker, what? You know, I'm 23 years old. I'm half that age. And, I'm ha- and I already have a kid that's one and a half. I had my first kid at 21 years old. I'm glad I was 21 because I needed that fucking beer. If I'm being honest. I know that's relatable. I ever, I, I, yeah, whoever's 100%. listening, whoever's listening, they're gonna, they're probably gonna fuck a lot of that shit too. That's fucking nuts. If beer didn't help you get through the newborn stages, I don't know what the fuck did. Whiskey. But you kind of get what I'm saying, like. So, I do, but I, I still, to an extent, I do. Mm-hmm. But I cannot support a parent basically living their life through their kid and forcing them to do something they don't want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. But I will I caveat that. on that. I will use my sister as an example. Neither of my parents played music, musical instruments growing up. Yeah. Neither of them thought about it growing up. It wasn't something that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my sister, when she was like younger, she showed interest and wanted to play music and wanted to play the violin. So my parents got her a violin, paid for her lessons, um, and she was fucking phenomenal she was amazing at violin so much so to the fact that um for high school she stayed at our uncle's uh house during the school year which was a couple towns over because they had a bigger high school and their high school instead of just having like a band actually had an orchestra yeah so during the school year she would stay over there so that she could register that as their home Mm -hmm. to be able to go to the school to play at an orchestra however by uh, around the time when she was kind of in like the sophomore junior year she really didn't want to play anymore like wasn't really wanting to play anymore however my parents were like no you need to play you need to play and i understand where my parents were coming from and it's not because they were living their lives through my sister it's because my sister had such a talent for it was so good at it that they were like you are you are so talented at this you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I think she quit by about her senior year. I think I don't think she did it anymore. And my parents were understanding, but so I can understand where my parents were coming from with like, you are so talented with this. You need to do this. Yeah. I can understand that more than, you know, living your life through your kids because like you want to see them succeed. You want them to do what they enjoy, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. for my sister, it was just, and I, you know, I, I'll say this from, 
you know, as a, as a brother, you know, growing up with her, she's, she was a year, she's two years, no, a year younger than I am. Um, so I grew up with her. And so I'd always hear her practice in her violin. She was fucking phenomenal. And if she kept at it, she could, she could be playing in like these huge orchestras that like travel around the country and whatnot, mm -hmm. if she wanted to. Yeah. And, but eventually my parents relented and, you know, let her quit. Um, cause she just didn't have an interest in it anymore. So I have more of an understanding towards that where it's like, you can see a God given talent in your kids for something and you want to push them to that because you know, they're so good at it. But my parent, but at a certain point, like you just kind of have to bite the bullet and be like, look, I know you're not interested in this anymore. It's okay if you quit, if you don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I, I can understand that more though, than being like, I missed out on my opportunity to do X as a kid. So I'm going to make you do Y, even if you hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So the, to kind of, kind of add to everything that was kind of like just said, like you, you had a strong opinion. I, I shared a, a really strong opinion as well. You rebuttaled that and it, it was completely valid. There was a lot of, there was, a fuck ton of good stuff in there and i appreciate you for keeping it real dog because that's literally what everything about this podcast is about you know keeping it real um to sum that up when it comes down to parenthood fatherhood uh the kind of aim for this is for fathers to listen to and kind of like gain something from it and get a get a get a get a heads up maybe maybe a little bit more info before they become a father and they're sitting in our shoes and they're like oh my daughter's screaming her fucking head off and i'm trying to sleep during the day because i gotta work at night right and it goes to say that parenting fatherhood there's so many situations that make everything that we that contradicts everything that we could possibly say you know everything contradicts everything because no situation is the same right i think and and if if you agree that's fine or you disagree that's fine I, I think one of the biggest things is about being a parent right is to sit discipline's really big i'm, I'm gonna start off on that discipline note because it, it really is big because to to be successful and and do good in life you you really do need discipline you need self-discipline to progress because that's how you're going to contain your character and go forward um another thing is you really have to give someone love you have to love them in a way where they know it and they know that they can rely on you because you're the parent but you also got to keep discipline in mind because but there there's so many different stages to raising a child so where you pick you can pick and fucking choose where you want to start implementing these things that i'm saying right because there's there's just so much there's so much and i'm not even as knowledgeable as i i can be because my daughter's only one and a half and i have another kid on the way so discipline love compassion right you you got to show them compassion and and that coincides with love right you got to show them that you you're passionate about the things that they're passionate about you have to and and i say that because when when a kid really likes something right they look to your approval you know they they want you to approve what they're doing and if if you're not showing compassion to the things that your child wants to do then 
they're going to lose interest because a, a child seeks the approval of the parents. And that's, that's facts. Mm -hmm. The moment you cut off that compassion, then there's, there's nothing there for the kid. You just broke their spirits. They, they, they quit something that they really wanted to do because you didn't want them doing it. So I don't know how it was for you growing up, but yeah. for me, um, I was always looking to make my dad proud. Mm -hmm. That was like one of my goals as a kid. And whether I should or shouldn't, whatever people say nowadays, if like, you know, that's the wrong way to like raise your kids. I don't care. It's just how I was as a kid. Like I was always trying to make my dad proud. Like I want him to be proud of, of me as his son. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, nowadays, whenever, you know, he always tells me, he's like, he's told me on multiple occasions, like, I, you know, I couldn't be more proud of the man you turned out to be and what you've done with your life, yada, yada, yada. Um, but was it the same for you growing up, try, always trying to make your dad proud? Um, there, there was a lot where I did try to make my dad proud, but there was also a lot where I rebelled. I had those stages where I really threw in something that was a fucking curveball for my dad. And I just wanted him. I, I, a lot of times, I really just wanted my dad to accept me for what I wanted to do. And a good example that I can provide that I did where I wanted my dad to be proud of. And it's, it's really weird at this stage when I describe it. But I, as a freshman in high school, like my first year transitioning from middle school and i haven't even had my first day of freshman right um the high school that i went to gave opportunities for these middle schoolers that were coming into their freshman year to do things right color grade you know color grade is a little girl usually it's a girl dancing twirling a flag right and granted it could it could it's for anybody who wants to do it you do whatever the fuck you want right i don't give a shit but i did that my dad's so old school I went to the little summer band camp as a freshman, okay? And I didn't do it because I wanted to do it. I, I did it because I thought my dad wouldn't like me doing it, and I wanted to do good at something. I wanted to do good at something that he didn't like me doing so I can make him proud, be like, oh, wow, he's really good at this. And I was trash. I couldn't dance. I, I wasn't flexible. Nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna be i'm just gonna level. be flat out i'm just gonna be flat out honest i joined color guard i did i think like two and a half weeks and another big reason i went to color guard is because my high school crush uh lizzie uh, i'll just leave it at her name lizzie she was fine as hell and she she was my middle school my high school crush she was always there and um i definitely did color guard for lizzie as well but it was also a thing to do with my dad um, and, and that's just an example of what I did. My dad didn't like it at all, but he, he, tr he tried, I'll throw a little bit of salt on the, uh, the wound and give him the benefit of the doubt that he tried. Cause he, he, he did try, but I knew he didn't like it. He's a little homophobic. The, the, he's got a lot of old school values and old views on the world because that's just the way he, fucking small town kentucky he grew up in elizabethtown kentucky you look up elizabethtown on the map the population's probably three people and that that's an understatement yeah there's probably like maybe a thousand two thousand people in elizabethtown kentucky or more okay but he grew up small town kentucky okay my dad's in his late 50s now he's coming up in his late 50s so yeah he had those values where like oh this this boy's twirling a flag he's got to be gay 
And and I definitely thought that myself, but I didn't care about what the gay was being. All I cared about was doing something good that my dad didn't want me to do, and I wanted to impress him by doing something different. I ended up quitting the summer, of course, because they asked for like $300 to do color grade my dad's poor shit. That's just how it went. But the fact is, he he did... He did try and support me. Even though it hurt. I know it hurt him. Because he thought I was going gay. And he doesn't want me to go gay. <laughs> and even if I went gay now. He he would be really upset. And I don't uh, mean that. And I swear to motherfucking God. If you're gay and you're listening to this podcast. You think I'm bashing you. You're stupid because you didn't fucking listen. And yeah go ahead fucking try and cancel me. You didn't listen to the point. I'm talking about how my dad felt. I don't give a crap if you're gay. Further on, if I was gay and my dad, he'd be so difficult to accept that. But he tried, you know. He did He did give that, that little bit of effort to accept something. But like you're saying, I did try and do something for his approval. Like me growing up as a kid, everything that I did was for his approval. I went through three years of JROTC. I was that kid in high school because I wanted him to approve me. After I quit band and I had the opportunity to start applying for other classes that I wanted to do, I did something manly, tough. You know, I was like, hey, I want to show him that I want to be the man that he wants me to be. So I joined JROTC. I did everything that I everything that I did in high school up until the point, even to the point I enlisted in the army. Is probably to get him to believe I was the man that he wanted me to be. So, yeah. Well, and that's, that's one thing that I feel like you as a parent have to do is, is to one, like you said, be supportive of your kids. Whatever decisions they make in life, whatever they want to do, who they are, be supportive. If, if any new parents or soon to be new parents or wanting to be parents are listening, that's one thing that if you want to take away is be supportive of your kids. Um, and another thing too is uh, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Oh my God. I just lost it. The, tr- the train is at the station, but, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, you, you have to be supportive in, Oh, tell your, show your kids that one, you love them and two, you're proud of them. How, like, how, like how, said, how would you show that when, when you think about it, physically showing, showing, showing them that you love them and that you're proud of them. How would, if you could provide an example for, let's say new parents, right? Or, or even parents that have been there and are struggling with being able to show the ability to love and be proud of their child. How would you, how would you show it personally? Physically tell them as often as you can. Yeah. Um, every time I talk with my dad on the phone and we talk frequently, yeah. um, and I'll explain why here in a minute. Um, but we talk frequently on the phone every time, you know, and the phone call, love you, dad, love you, son. Cool. Make sure you tell you, make sure your kids know you love them. Obviously through actions yeah. can't just be words, but you need to physically tell them. And same thing with being proud of your kids too. I can't tell you how many times growing up, like playing sports and everything where my dad tells me like, oh, you did me proud son or proud of the way you played and all this and even now like um as an adult being in the army whenever i talk to him on the phone he's constantly telling me like um you know i'm very proud of you blah 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 and then he'll be like you know every time i'm talking with somebody at work or whatever i'll be like you know 
my son did this in the army today. He did this, you know, he's always blabbing about me. He needs to tell me that. And that lets me know that he's proud of me because he's always talking to people and being like, so here's what my son's doing. And, you know, he does the same thing with my sister too. She's not an exception. It's just, um, just using myself as an example. Um, but you have to physically tell them like not every kid, like actions alone won't show it and words alone won't show it. I could say, I love you. I could say I'm proud of you and not be proud of you. And you, you might be able to tell just by the way I tell you, like, so you have, so you have to shoot like through your actions, show that you love, you're proud of them and you're supportive of them. And you have to physically tell them. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, I don't know about you. Most guys are not good with just reading signals. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to my wife, you know, they really are. They really are. Like, I, I told my wife this, like when we started dating, I'm like, I, I can't read your mind. And um, I'm, I'm really glad you said that. Cause that's a, definitely a topic that I want to get onto is men and masculinity and a little foreshadowing for the future. That's going to be an episode now, men and masculinity. <laughs> so I'll go um, ahead and write that down on my little notepad for the future because that's what to expect. Sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. Um, but one, another piece of advice I can give you, and this is the reason why I talk to my dad pretty often is find something that you and your kid have in common or make something that you and your kid have in common and, you know, embrace it. So mm-hmm. me, as an example, I told you already, hockey is my favorite sport. Yeah. Hockey is also the only sport where my dad and I have the same favorite team. Um, his favorite teams are all over the map because of, you know, how he grew up. Like he's a Seahawks fan. Cause I can't remember the name of the quarterback, but when he was growing up, there was a left-handed quarterback for the Seahawks and he loved left-handed quarterbacks. He thought it was the coolest thing to see somebody throw with an offhand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and his favorite teams are from everywhere. Same thing with mine. The only one that we have in common are the Pittsburgh Penguins NHL yeah. team. So like every, um, I pay for the, at the time it was the NHL network, but now I, it's just the ESPN plus. And every time there's a game on that's, that's uh, available to watch, we both watch the game and, you know, if somebody scores or whatever, we're calling each other like, oh my God, did you see that? Blah, blah, blah. Like we're, you know, maintaining yeah. that bond as a parent child relationship, even into our adulthood by, by, um, talking about something we each love and have in common. And, you know, I'll talk about other sports. Like, you know, we'll talk about baseball, we'll talk about football, but, you know, we don't have the same favorite team. So it's not as strong of a bond. It's not quite the same, but when we're talking about hockey, you know, uh, you know, if we have a bad game, I'm calling, I'm like, I'm like, is it time to burn our jerseys? You know, like, cause he, he did that with a few of his uh, college football jerseys. Um, So like, I'll call him just to mess them. Be like, Hey, is it time to burn our jerseys on the driveway? and um so you know it's you find something that you and your kid have in common and help use that to help you maintain that strong bond um because i mean even if we're not talking about hockey i'll just call him and i don't call him and talk to him as much as i should because i don't like talking on the phone but Mm -hmm. um pretty much anytime there's a game on we're always calling each other talking about it and everything so it, it's it's definitely a really nice feeling because I consider my dad one of my best friends now that I'm an adult, now that I'm no longer just a kid and I'm an adult and I have a kid of my own. It's like, 
Um, I consider him one of my best friends and that's how we maintain our like friendship and bond is through talking about hockey. Um, and I, and I'm going to try to do the same with my daughter when she gets older, I'm going to, you know, find something that I have as much of an interest in that she does. And, and if I don't, I will make myself have an interest. If she turns out to be the biggest soccer fan in the world, I cannot fucking stand soccer. Yeah. I will watch every, I will, I will force myself to like it just yeah. to ha- just to be able to have that bond with her. And those are the kind of things you have to do as a parent. You got to make sacrifices. You got to do it because it, it's for your kids. It's it's worthwhile. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. So <sighs> that 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 inside to the ending of everything, right? For the uh, for this podcast, okay. So. Just, just be humble, you know, as a parent, be humble. Know your kids are different. Know that your kids aren't going to be young forever. They're not. And the connection that you have with them while they're young and as they're growing up and they're impressionable, it's, it's all going to change. So, so be humble. Love them for who they are. Support them for who they are. Okay. But don't, don't be afraid of discipline as well. That that's a big thing. So there's got to be a healthy mix between being humble and disciplined, especially when you're a parent. And on that note, I I want to thank you for being here with me, Jeremy. Everything that you said was absolutely wonderful, and there's there's so much more that could be said. And oh I I'm definitely considering having a part two to this conversation. And whoever's <laughs> listening, if you want to have a part two to this conversation, just say something, Jeremy. We got less than a minute left. You got like maybe 10 seconds. I like having guests close out. So what do you got to say for everybody? One, um, make sure to follow Brotherly Talk on all social medias, you know, TikTok. Uh, if y'all got YouTube on Spotify, um, follow them on everything. These guys are awesome. I love them all. Um, some of the best friends that I've ever had. And uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitch whenever I do stream, which I don't anymore. Just kidding. So I'm not even going <laughs> to worry about plugging my Twitch. Um, but no, I'm glad to be here um and yeah hey guys it's roy dennis and jimbo from the brotherly talk podcast we just wanted to say uh thank you for tuning into the podcast today your support means everything to us and we're super appreciative of it if you want to see more content like this make sure you interact in any way you can we're on many platforms under the same name of brotherly talk the whole the whole idea of this was to give a voice to the little guys everyday normal folk who don't have a platform to speak on We'll be your platform. As always, keep it real.